Well, listen, we've been in uh, this series called In My Head only for one week. Um, if you missed the previous week, we've been talking about this massive idea uh, of mental health. Restart my timer, please. I'm about to really preach now, okay? Uh, we've been in this massive uh, series called In My Head, and it's one of, our, uh, one of our series that we pegged in the fall as something that was really going to, to change culture and kind of maybe bring some new ideas to the forefront as we lead a generation of Christians. And, and the truth is, last, uh, last week, not last week, was worship night, but the week before when we started this series, a massive idea that I was trying to give you guys was that as Christians, especially as young Christians, it would be our job to begin to change the narrative of how people talk about mental health. We, we said this line, we said, mental health is health. And I say that, and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mental health is health. That's why they call it mental health, right? But it's not always two and two because, see, sometimes we think mental health is only spiritual. Or we think mental health is only demonic. We say stuff like that. I've heard old church people say, well, you got a demon in you. No, lady, I'm just a little depressed today. I got a lot going on, okay? No demons here. <laughs> No, but we, we have to understand that, yes, it is spiritual, and while there is spiritual warfare happening when it comes to mental health, that's not all that it is. Mental health is health. The, the enemy attacks our mind, and why wouldn't he? Because that's one of the, the most important places to a human being. If you can attack the mind, you can attack the body, and if you have the mind and the body, you have the soul. So look, what you need to know is that this is such a major topic that Christians have to pay attention to so closely as young Christians, my hope is that we begin to change the narrative. We begin to talk about this openly. We begin to, to say, you know what, if you're do, dealing with suicidal thoughts or if you're dealing with depression, let us help you. Let us walk alongside you. Let's not keep it in the dark anymore. If you're dealing with crippling anxiety, you don't have to hide that from us. We're not going to judge you. We just want to love you and tell you what the Word of God says as it pertains to mental health. So I want to continue that conversation uh, tonight. And if you're taking notes... Really quick, you can write this title down. It's just in my heart. We're going to continue this conversation. And the title of tonight's message is going to be in my heart. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are. We ask, God, that in this moment you begin to um, stir in us the, the openness that it's going to take to deal with a topic like mental health. God, if there's somebody right now dealing with mental health... I pray a supernatural type of openness for their life, for their mind, and for their soul, that they can receive a word that you have for them. God, I pray that if they're dealing with mental health right now and they need an answer, God, I pray that not because of the words that I preach, but because of the words that you speak, God, that they will find truth in you. God, I pray that somebody that walked in here who thought that this might just be a little bit of hocus pocus finds the mystery of the Holy Spirit able to change them right where they sit. God, words never change somebody. Your spirit is the only thing that could. We love you. Give us grace as we talk about this topic. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. We love you. Thank you for this grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Here's a question I have for you, and this is going to kind of throw you for a loop. And look, I want you to actually uh, answer this honestly by a show of hands, okay? Uh, here's the question. It's a broad question. Uh, it may stump some of you guys. Which comes first, okay? Which comes first, the thought or the emotion, okay? Do you think it first or do you feel it first, okay? So all my Enneagram 4s are like, I know how to answer this question, okay? <laughs> I'm a feeler. 
And all the guys are like, nah, man, I ain't never felt nothing. I just think about it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's an interesting question, right? Do we feel the emotion first or do we think about it and then do we feel it, right? All right? The thought or the emotion? So, show of hands, who thinks we think about it first? Raise your hand. Be honest, be honest, be honest. It's, hey, check this out. It's not a trick question. This is not a Bible dialogue. It's like, I'm just playing. It's in your spirit. <laughs> No. No. Okay. This is a real question. So everybody voted. You said it's the thought. Okay. If you think that it's the feeling that comes first, you think you feel it. You got to get to know it in your heart. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. 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 Some people were like, mm, don't think about it. Just feel it. You know what I'm talking Okay. <laughs> Actually, neurological research has been done, and I'm not an expert. This is just what I found, okay? I can Google like the rest of us, right? Uh, Neurological research says that the sensory input goes through the part of your brain that deals with emotions before it hits your frontal cortex, which is the part that deals with rational thought, right? That's crazy, right? So as a matter of fact, you feel it before you think it. You, you feel it before you think it. So one would understand that, that when it comes to emotions like fear or, or even a, a massive emotion like anxiety, one would, would say that first we feel it in our emotions and then maybe we think and process how we feel, which this makes a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, uh, I look at my marriage and I say that this has to be true um, because when me and my wife get into tiffs, we don't call them fights, okay? We're sophisticated. We call them tiffs, right? When me and my wife get into a tiff, uh, I'm the type, and maybe you're like this, I'm the type that wants to talk it out. Any talk it out type people in the, in the room, you know? Like, I'm like, let's verbally exchange how we're going to think about this. We don't have to yell, but like, rationally, how, why did you get mad at that, okay? Why didn't you clean the kitchen tonight? It's your night. It's Thursday. Like, what's up? My wife's the type, maybe, maybe you're like this. My wife's the type that says something like, um, I don't know. She's real quiet and, like, subdued. She's like, I just need to process it. <laughs> nothing makes a do matter than chicks that try to process stuff. You don't even process nothing. Think about it and tell me, right? She needs time. She's like, no, I, just, let's, I need time. Then literally 13 days later, she's like, oh, yeah, I have an answer now. <laughs> like, I can't go to sleep if we're mad, right? My wife can go to sleep. She wakes up, amnesia, poof. And I'm like, you remember what you did last night, though? No, I don't want no breakfast. Okay, maybe I want breakfast, but then we're going to talk about it. But she tries to, that makes sense because the truth is, if we're functioning human beings, we should feel an emotion and then our our mind should kind of be the filter that says, you know, this feeling's either right or it's a little irrational. Maybe we should kind of curb our emotions to, to the rational thought along with, in company with the emotion that we're feeling. That makes, that makes total sense. The problem is, the problem is, if mentally you're unhealthy, if, if mentally you're unstable, whatever emotion you begin to feel is going to go up through the filter of your mind. That is not healthy at the time, mind you. It's going to go up through the filter that is your mind. And what do you think is going to happen if you are mentally unstable and then you get an emotion that's unstable as well? Nothing good, right? 
What's going to begin to happen is that maybe you start thinking irrationally because of the emotion that you feel. Maybe you start getting upset in a moment that you probably should have sat back and just processed. Maybe you start getting sad when really it was just uh, an opportunity for you to look at something a different way. See, if you're mentally unstable, if you're mentally not healthy, it can affect a variety of different things, most notably your relationship with God. How many of you guys know that there's certain times in your walk with Jesus when you feel like it's a trillion bucks? You're like, man, this is awesome. I just went to View last Wednesday. I'm going to start my Bible study today. It's Thursday. I'm feeling good. And by Friday, you're like, mm, I don't really know about this anymore, okay? I'm not supposed to read my Bible in the morning. I'm too tired. I'm sleepy. I still got that booger in my eye. Like, I don't like this. And then all of a sudden this emotion that you felt on a Wednesday night of, man, Jesus is in this place, starts to hit the filter of your unhealthy mind. And what begins to happen is you start to warp what it is you're actually feeling. And now what was truth becomes maybe. See, what you have to begin to understand is that mental health has such a massive impact on the entirety of your life, especially your relationship with the Lord. As a matter of fact, I would propose to you that it's almost, no, it is impossible to have a healthy relationship with God and an unhealthy relationship with your own mind. And if you've ever dealt with depression or crippling anxiety or, or suicidal thoughts, you know this to be true. Why? Because imagine people that have dealt with this. Imagine the turmoil of having to deal with these emotions that keep coming up. And then you have to battle your thoughts at the same time. It's like fighting two battles with no way to shield yourself. It's like, I can't even do this anymore. And oftentimes, that's when we find that people just quit. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says this. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond a cure. You can't cure it. Who can understand it? This is a prophet writing about the nature of people's heart. Like, like People are like, I don't know why I felt that right there. Well, well, the truth is nobody does. And according to the Bible, it's hard to understand. It tricks you. Your mind doesn't play tricks on you. Guess what does? Your heart. Have you ever felt emotion before that you just wish would go away? Ladies, I know you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever liked that dude you just know you're not supposed to like? And your heart is just like, oh, my God, he's just, he, it's awesome. He's on TikTok and Snapchat. and he's, I love him. But you know he's up to no good, right? But you can't trick your heart into stopping from feeling that way. You just, the heart above all things is deceitful. It's hard to understand it. The Bible gives us that in truth. The, the, the Bible is telling us ahead of time that, listen, when it comes to this battle with emotional health, you're already behind the eight ball. Why? Because your heart wants what the heart wants. And usually what the heart wants is not good for you. So that's where the vital role of emotional and mental health come in. Because here's the truth. It's hard, even in, even in the secular world, not just in the Bible, it's hard to find a place where people talk about emotional health without talking about mental health. As a matter of fact, most people would say that they're pretty inevitably intertwined, right? You can't really have one without the other because here's the thing, even if you feel it in your heart, it has to go somewhere to tell you what you're feeling exactly, right? So if you don't have a healthy relationship between the two, you're going to find all kinds of issue. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. If mental health and, and, and emotional health are inevitably intertwined, it's hard to understand as Christians why we would not pay attention to one and not the other. I hear so many pastors all the time. Hey, don't, don't live by your emotions, okay? Look, 
It's not about the feeling. It's about faith, okay? <laughs> and, and that's a word. It's like, yo, that's hot. I love that. That's what's up. I'm down with that. Don't listen to my emotions. Okay, time out, but, but, but how? Simply how, because when I look at Jeremiah 17, 9, it tells me that I can't even understand my heart. So you want me to decipher what it's saying, even though the Bible says it can't be deciphered. And you want me to tell it what to feel and how to, how does it work? The filter of your mind. The filter of your mind is how you stop allowing emotions to drive everything that goes on in your life. But if you don't have a healthy understanding of your heart and your mind, you're going to miss it altogether. I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart. So the same thing that in Jeremiah it says is deceitful. Uh, Proverbs tells you, above all, guard your heart. Right. For, for everything you do flows from it. So everything that you do flows from your heart, right? So that's how we deal with the heart. And most preachers say, yo, you got to have faith, not just feelings, okay? I got that, Pastor. Pastor, uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23, guard your heart. Perfect, I got it. I know what I'm supposed to do. Now we need to understand the complicated relationship with the mind. So let's see what the Bible tells us to do with our mind. I love what it says here uh, in let me check it out. Let me check it out. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I love what it says here. It says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but what? But be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. It says, don't be conformed to what is cultural. See, that's a whole other sermon in itself. See, so many of us think that we're dealing with mental health. Really, the truth is we're just dealing with attacks from culture. But that's not where we are right now. See, the Bible says, look, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? transformed, made anew by what? The renewing of your mind. Okay, got it. So I got to guard my heart, and now I got to renew my mind. Boom, perfect. I'm a Christian. <laughs> what do I do? Let me break it down and make it a little bit more practical for you. Okay, let's start at the guarding of the heart. So a guarded heart. Check this out. If you look in John chapter 14, there's a story uh, about Jesus, and you probably heard this story before. There's a story about Jesus and his disciples, and the disciples are on this boat, and they're freaking out because everything's going crazy, right? Jesus is down there asleep, and the disciples are like, yo, this is crazy. There's a storm coming. We're on the sea in this rickety boat. I feel like I'm about to die. I don't want to be shipwrecked. I thought Jesus was the king of kings, lord of lords. Is he going to show up? I'm freaking out right now. I'm in this boat. I don't like it. Then they wake Jesus up, and this is what he says in John chapter 14, verse 27. After all they're freaking out, this is what Jesus says. Peace, check this out. We just sang about this, right? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives, right? Don't be conformed by the patterns of this world. So I don't give it to you like culture would give it to you. And then he says what? Do not let your hearts... Check it out. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And what? And do not be afraid. So Jesus is telling them to guard against emotion. See, if we're going to understand the truth about mental health, and, and look, look, listen, listen, listen. I'm preaching this sermon, and last week we talked full well about the truth about mental health. And if you're in here and you're, you're taking medications or your doctor has prescribed medications, I'm not telling you to get off them, and I'm not telling you that they're bad. But, but here's the truth. Studies even show that medication alone is not enough to solve your mental health problems. 
Look, no doctor, no psychiatrist worth their salt has ever pre prescribed medications and said, okay, go and live a normal life. What do they tell you? You got to change your diet. You got to change your lifestyle. You got to change your emotional health. You got to start going to therapy. Look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that modern science is wrong. What I'm saying is we've got to begin to understand what the word of God is telling us to do as it's related to mental health. So you can put that scripture back up there. Check this out. What you have to understand about the scripture is that Jesus is speaking to our emotional health. He says, yo, circumstances around you are going crazy, right? Some of you guys are in a metaphorical uh, shipwreck right now. You feel like there's no peace whatsoever. You came to view hoping for just a, a second of calm. You came to view hoping that maybe the worship music would ease your heart. You came to view so that you wouldn't be alone in your room thinking those dark thoughts you've been thinking. You came because depression has been gripping you and grabbing you so tight that you don't know if you're ever going to let go. You came to view tonight because you believe that maybe something could give you a little bit of light even though you're dealing with so much dark. Here's Jesus' answer. When the world around you gets so chaotic, when life is beating you down with attack after attack, when everybody's telling you what you're supposed to be, when everybody tell, tells you that you fail, when everybody says you're not enough, you're not worth it, check this out. When your life looks like a shipwreck and your boat's about to go under, Jesus looks at you so calmly and says, listen to me, child. Peace, here, take it. And not positive vibes or another Instagram post. He's, he literally talks about Instagram in the Bible. Okay, not explicitly, but you get the gist. He says, I don't give it to you as the internet does. Can't find peace on the internet, right? Silliest thing you could ever do. How to cure depression. Don't Google it, okay? Go to a source that matters. It says, look, I don't give you peace as the world gives you. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Guard your hearts from trouble. Do not be afraid. See, as a kid growing up, I, I've already come clean about this, so I'm not ashamed anymore. I used to watch anime and Lord of the Rings. You could judge me. I was a, I was a nerd. It is what it is. Um, but one of the cool things I loved about that was it, it, it oftentimes looked so much like history. Like when I would read these books about medieval times, it really was pretty close to how historical times would happen. Uh, one of the things that was always interesting to me is the way that, that medieval times cities would build uh, the defenses around their cities. So what they would do, you rarely would find a city that wasn't equipped with walls, right? You rarely would find cities that weren't equipped with stone walls built high to keep enemy people out. And in medieval times, they would even add a moat and maybe even a drawbridge. But right, they would say, this is an impenetrable fortress. You can't get in. But here's the truth about those cities, and here's the truth about those walls. It's not as if the building of the, those walls itself erased the existence of the enemy. Right? Like, like just because a city would build up defenses, it's not as if the enemy is just not going to attack sometimes. Right? It's not as if those enemies were poof, gone. Okay, you built the walls. I'm out of here. Never coming back. What were those walls designed to do? Keep them from staying in. 
It doesn't, it doesn't stop them from attacking at. It keeps them from staying in. Yes, you might get a few arrows over my wall. Yeah, you might throw a couple of those big old fireballs, and they might get in and mess up a couple of the townspeople's houses. But check this out. You're never going to be able to set up shop in my city. Why? Because I built walls. Some of us need to understand that just because we have Jesus, it doesn't mean the enemy's going to stop attacking. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, where the enemy sees a wall, they see a challenge. What you need to understand is just because we guard our hearts doesn't mean the enemy's not going to come after you. It doesn't mean you're not going to deal with mental health. But if you build the wall and if you guard your heart, you'll stop those thoughts from staying in. We don't need to eliminate depression. We need to stop it from staying so long. You're not ready. Listen to me. You build Walls, the Bible tells you, to guard your heart. We get so frustrated the moment we feel sad, the moment we feel pain, the moment we feel distraught. And I'm not downplaying any of those instances. What I'm saying is if you have Jesus Christ, you have the key. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, don't let your heart be troubled. What is he saying? Guard your heart away from trouble. So if we understand the truth of Jesus, because that's what we believe, pull John chapter 14, verse 27 back up. Let me tell you this real quick. It says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your... So what we can infer from this passage of scripture is that if your heart is troubled, you let it be. If Jesus is telling us we have the power to not allow our hearts to be troubled and to not allow fear and anxiety to get in and cripple us, well, we have the truth of this passage of Scripture. And what we can understand that it's saying is that, listen, we have power in this fight against mental illness. We don't just have to succumb to the darkness that's trying to get after us. And listen to what I'm saying. Listen to me. I'm not being insensitive. I'm not saying you can pray your mental illness away. I'm saying you can fight. I'm saying you can battle it. It does not have to get you tonight. It does not have to be the death of you. You don't have to give in to suicide. You don't have to continue to deal with depression. You can fight. You can guard your heart. Point number two. Let's take it a step further. The Bible says, to guard your heart. Jesus says, don't let trouble into your heart. Now, the second thing that I want you to begin to understand is that if we guard our heart, the next thing we have to do in order to make healthy steps towards a, a better understanding and a better uh, kind of dealing with of mental health, we have to begin to renew our minds. We've got to guard our hearts and we've got to renew our minds. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this. It says, do not, sorry, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, that's a, that's a novel word these days, right? I never hear anybody say lovely, right? I feel like you got to be British to say that word, but... <laughs> Bible says it, so whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, and if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
You're looking for a way to renew your mind. That's the blueprint right there. You're, you're looking for a way to develop a mind that's been rejuvenated in the word of God. Well, you have to begin to dwell on the word of God. I encounter so many Christians that think that they, that they need to read so much more scripture. And I'm not saying that diving into the word of God is not important. It is important. But in your times of need, sometimes you don't need a chapter. Sometimes you need a word. And some of you guys have been struggling because the first thing that you do when you go through something is you go back through your notes and look at, uh, at what all these preachers and pastors have said. And you try to hold on to that. Uh, it's not about your feelings. It's about faith. Come on, girl. You got to say, hey, you're not wrong. You got to find the righteous. You got, you hear, you're hearing all these words, but the truth is you're missing the word. When you're dealing with deep depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, when you're looking at your life and you feel like you want to quit, you don't need another sermon. You need Jesus. The Bible says that you need the peace that surpasses all understanding. The Bible says that you don't just need peace. You need the person of peace. The Bible says when you're broken, you don't need another word. You need a healing. And the only one that can bring that is Jesus Christ. John 1, 1. Hey, he is the word made flesh. You need Jesus. trying to find it in so many other things you even try to find it in view listen to me this is a great place obviously i love this spot this in itself does not get you healed saved or set free from bondage this does not break the debilitating chains of anxiety depression and suicidal thoughts this in itself does not break you free from your mental disorders but i know somebody who can If you're going to renew your mind, you're going to have to go to a source that's actually life. If you're going to renew your mind, what you have to begin to understand is that you're going to have to go to something that's not old and broken and worn out. You're going to have to go to the spring of living water. There's this story in the New Testament where Jesus is talking to this lady and he's like, yo, can I have a drink of water? She's like, why are you asking me? You're not supposed to be talking to me. Jesus looks at her and says, hey, if you knew to whom you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink, and I would give you one that would satisfy until eternal life. See, some of you guys in here, y'all are continuing to go to a well that needs to be refilled and refilled and refilled and refilled. Isn't it about time you find eternal life? Listen, a renewed mind is the correct filter to take these emotions and stop letting it wreck your life. This is the way to have control over the person that God has called you to be. But you can't do that unless the person of Jesus lives inside of your heart. I'd love to see a human try to renew their own mind. It's almost impossible. But if you think on these things, if you meditate on the word of God, if you allow Jesus to get it, the Bible says, look, hey, hide the word of God in your heart so you may not sin against him. It's going to be really, really tough in this battle against mental illness if we don't have Jesus. And we can look at the statistics 
this issue is running rampant in our culture. Some people say we need more conversation. I've been on social media. I don't know how much more conversation you can get. People say we need more psychiatrists per capita. We need more therapists in the workplace. We need more, more people who are able and willing to help. I just really believe that we need a savior. And I genuinely believe we need people operating in that Savior to start giving people the life that they so desire. Every head bowed, every eye closed.